is up, my lovely, beautiful listeners of the Sarah B Show. Welcome to another episode. So much fun. So excited to be here. Uh, I feel kind of bad because I was like prepping up how much like I wanted to do video and this and that. It's hard. Like it's really, it's really difficult. Um, I'm trying to get the kick streaming going and, and it's there. Um, but I have no help today. And then also... I have a whole video of the podcast last time, but I edited the audio so much that the video didn't go with the podcast. So there's that with the audio. Um, it's just, it's difficult. You know, these things, it's a whole learning process and a learning curve. I am aware. I know that. But anyway, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And that being said, I also look like a mud duck today, so I don't really want to be on camera or have anybody see what I look like right now. You guys would be shocked. I think if anybody saw me right now, you would never listen to this podcast again. You'd be terrified. <laughs> anyway, it has been a day. It is uh, technically I'm recording this on July 2nd, Sunday. So it is this big 4th of July Independence Day weekend. So much fun. Um, I don't have off work, but I will be, uh, you know, working at the studio, running the show while everyone else is on vacation, which is fine with me. Um, it's almost like a mini vacation myself. It's very quiet in the studio. I basically just show up, push a couple buttons, make sure that there's no curse words or inappropriate things that got through, make sure the satellites are all still connected. Let's knock on wood and that everything's running right. And then I leave and it's just quiet and chill and kind of peaceful. So it's in a way like a little mini vacation. Um, we are also Teco, uh, you know, John, my boyfriend and I are going to be going to Kaboom Town this weekend. For those of you that do not live in Texas, Kaboom Town is, uh, it happens in the city that I live in, Addison, Texas, which is kind of like a little suburb of Dallas. And, um, it's really fun. It's one of the top fireworks shows in the entire country. It is huge. It is massive. Like millions of people come in for this thing. It is just like an S show, basically. It's, it's pretty crazy, but it's pretty awesome. They have a lot of really cool live bands and, uh, you know, a lot of cover bands, a lot of 80s rock. I think they had like an Aerosmith cover band last year. You know, you're, you know, super generic, like red, white and blue margaritas and, you know, beer trucks and food trucks and they have an air show because we have an airport right beside where it happens, um, which is pretty cool. And so they have a lot of like old planes that fly over and do cool stuff up there and fireworks show at the end of the night. It's really, really fun. We kind of go back and forth from there in a bar next door <laughs> that has a DJ and do like fun shots. And of course, uh, I got to wear my Top Gun uniform uh, that I have my costume. <laughs> this is all happening tomorrow night, Monday night. Um, so it'll be really fun. I'm excited. It goes well with the personality right now, or maybe it's just, I'm crazy. I don't know. Uh, this morning, my boyfriend and I went out for a motorcycle ride, and it was very fun because we had our helmets on, and we have Cena headsets so we can communicate to each other while we're out riding, and <laughs> I don't know. I always like to go in the front because uh, my boyfriend probably won't listen to this anyway. I call him Sir, Sir Stalls a lot because he stalls at that motorcycle so much. I uh, I think I've stalled mine once since I've got it, and it was a pretty like reasonable excuse to stall it. Uh, <laughs> basically, I was trying to get in a door, and I had to like get off my bike, run over, dial in the code, run to my bike, get on, put it in first, go in. Like it just didn't work. Uh, but he stalls a lot, and so normally when we ride together, I'd want him to be in the front because I could follow him wherever he wants to go. I'm bad at directions; I don't like leading the way, but. He stalled a lot, and so I would almost run into him so many times because he would stall his motorcycle. So he's not allowed to be in first anymore. I'm the leader, and uh, he still makes me a little uncomfortable. He uh, gets very close to me, and uh, he stalled again this morning riding, and he said it, it kind of freaked him out. When you get a bigger motorcycle, like we started with Groms, little 125 Honda Groms, and so their stalling was nothing. They stall all the time. It's just like a thing that Groms do. 
basically. But when you stall on a bigger bike, it's pretty scary. It, like, it's almost like a bucking bronco. Like, it, it bucks you hard. And it's a lot of times you drop the bike, you lose balance and control. It's, it's a little, uh, it messes with you a little. And uh, he said he got pretty freaked out this morning. But basically, I'm all over the place. I should never have an espresso before I come, but I do every time. Either way, we were riding, and I told him in the headset, I was like, I feel like we're uh, fighter pilots right now, like in Top Gun. And he said, why? And I was like, well, we're talking on these headsets, and it's like, and it's just kind of cool. And I just feel like, you know, it just feels kind of Top Gun. And she's like, okay. And so then I started, I kept saying, like, are you with me, Goose? And <laughs> talk to me, Goose. And uh, I was just really funny to me. <laughs> Every time I would say it, he's like, yeah, I'm with you. And I was like, I should be Goose, really, because I love birds. But And he said he didn't want to be Goose because Goose got goose dies. Um, and I also told him I knew if he was Maverick, he would never ask me to talk to him. And he would never make these fun comments. So I have to be the initiator, initiator so I am the Maverick. Anyway, just a little insight into what we do. I also uh, get more comfortable on my motorcycle when I sing, so I was like making up country songs. And let me tell you, they were hits. He did not like it. I'm really surprised he didn't turn his headset off, to be honest. Okay, well, I digress. That is uh, what we're going to be up to this weekend. That's what we were up to this morning. And uh, But that has nothing to do with what this episode is about. That's just me rambling with you guys for a few minutes. Uh, what we're going to be getting in today is something I teased a little bit the first episode, and I also teased it a little last episode. Um, I, as well as like millions of others in this world, deal with mental health struggles. Um, some big common ones for me, I've gone over a little bit, but I had a bout with depression, um, these last few weeks, like a a pretty bad one. So I was kind of going, going to go into like what it was about, how it feels, uh, some past ones as well. But basically today's episode is all about everyone's favorite subject. Nothing gets a party started like this one. Let's get into some mental health. All right, let's just start right from the beginning, shall we? I uh, was on the phone with my mom on the way to the studio to record this and told her what I was talking about. And I'm like, I want to do an episode about mental health and how serious it can be and go into like some personal details of what I feel. Basically, it'll be like a therapy session to me and, and a lot of people can hopefully relate. And the ones that can't or don't know, maybe you can get a little educated from it. Um, but I'm like, how do you make like mental health fun? <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you make it funny and fun? We'll see. It'll be a struggle, but we're going to try it. And my mom was like, do you really think that'll, do you really think that'll be a good episode? You know, I, I, I tried to tell her something I was going to say and she didn't think it was as funny as I did. So we'll see. But basically I feel like I have my entire life struggled with mental health. And I feel like when I was younger, it wasn't even like a known thing because I feel like really just in the last like five years, maybe 10, probably just like five, mental health has like really amped up. Like people are finally starting to pay attention to it, doing more studies on it, uh, going to see therapy, you know, going to therapy more, going to counselors, psychiatrists, more of that kind of stuff. It's, It's just becoming a lot less taboo. Back in the day, you would talk about it and people would just think you're crazy and not want to talk to you. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody was ever comfortable discussing it. It was just like, hush, hush, keep that private, keep it to yourself. But it's kind of lost that stigma, which is pretty cool. Like so many people are talking about it now and and putting it out there and there's so much information. And I think that's really, really good and really healthy. And I love that. But when I was young, the one thing I dealt with a lot was hypochondria. And I don't know why, but I know this sounds funny. And this is what I was trying to like tell my mom is funny because I'm a child and I'm terrified of so many things. Now, this is going to sound so stupid, but like 
I was so scared of getting sick. I couldn't watch certain things. So my mom would be obsessed with the show ER. Like everyone else wasn't George Clooney on that. Oh, we're nurses. Save everyone. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I could not be in the same room when she watched that show because it would talk about diseases and sicknesses and cancers. And like, I would just sit there and watch a second of it and just knew I was going to get it. I would convince myself I had it. I, I just, I knew it was going to happen to me. I, I couldn't watch it. I could not be in the same room. Now, this is a stretch, but it's true. Same thing with any like animal ER shows, like on Animal Planet. I would always watch that show because I was obsessed with animals. I wanted to be like a zoologist, veterinarian, something like that in the animal field, marine biologist. But I, I couldn't watch the ER ones because <clears throat> even if something bad would happen to an animal or a disease or a sickness, I'd be like, I'm convinced that something like this could happen to me. I remember it still to this day. And I had to be like under 10 years old when I saw this. And I'm 30, I'm fixed to be 35. I still remember this vividly. There was an episode where a dog came in because he was outside playing and his stomach got flipped over. And they said it's very rare for that to happen, but it can. So they did bring this dog into the ER and like flip his stomach back over and untangle. And I'm like, oh my God, that, that shook me. I'm like, can my stomach get flipped if I drink too much water? If I eat too much? If I run around? If I jump up and down too much? How can this happen to me? I know it's going to happen to me. Oh my God, I was terrified of my stomach flipping and getting twisted inside. So much so that I still remember that so vividly. So it was like that kind of stuff. I couldn't watch the news. I remember another ordeal when I was probably under 10 again. It was an older woman in Texas, in Dallas, talking about some skin-eating bacteria or disease that she she had. And she was showing her arm and it was like this flesh-eating virus. So like it ate all of her flesh. So her skin was just hanging down. And I was like, oh my God, that's in Dallas. I'm going to catch that. Like my flesh is going to get eaten. I'm going to just wilt away. I'm going to die before I even become an adult. And, And I was serious. Like this stuff would mess with me so much so I couldn't even like be comfortable as a human. Like I just couldn't even like live comfortably. I would be thinking about this stuff constantly. And I know it kind of sounds funny saying it out loud, but like I cannot even explain to you how absolutely miserable it was it consumed me it's all I thought about and this is the exact one I told my mom and she's like do you really think that I mean that isn't really hypochondria that's not really mental health um but basically when we would drive by a hospital when I was younger and there was even one instance I remember my mom and dad were taking my brother and I to monster truck monster jam and we were driving by a hospital and I held my breath I would hold my breath every time we would go by a hospital because I thought I would catch something now that is the dumbest thing I've ever even heard saying it out loud myself, but it, it's a hundred percent true. That's how bad I was, and uh, and it's transferred. It's transferred to it throughout my high school. It's transferred to an adult adulthood, like, and it, it kind of comes in in sporadic waves, if that makes sense. High school, I felt it a lot, and I dealt with like all this stuff, like just thinking I was gonna die. You know, I would I could be just like driving my car down the road and like all of a sudden my heart races and I feel like I can't breathe and I start having like a panic attack and it was just crazy how that kind of stuff happens. And another thing that always freaked me out, like more than anything, was throw up. Vomiting, if I saw anybody vomit, if I heard anyone, if I knew somebody had a stomach virus, oh, that was my absolute number one biggest fear because it was so common. It happened all the time and you would 100% throw up and I hated it. Oh my gosh. It was like my biggest fear to get that or to be around anyone that had it. I could not handle it. It's just so it's so bizarre to even think about. It really is. And uh, honestly, I've been pretty good the past 10 or so years. I think I've kind of outgrown that a little bit. Um, I've kind of this is super morbid. The way I would deal with it when I was in high school, I would have to calm myself down by thinking, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? You would die. 
you would get something, it would go all wrong, and you would die. But then when you die, you don't have to deal with this anymore. You don't have to deal with the suffering, the fear, the pain. You would move on and go to something better after, and you wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. So the worst that can happen is you die, but then this will be over. And that would calm me down, and I could breathe again, and I could move forward. That sounds so dark, right? Like, that's some high school stuff I'm dealing with. And, ah, man, you know, people have to find whatever works for them. And this is before I knew I really had an issue or a problem. I I didn't go to a therapist or a counselor. And I should have. You know, I feel like, I feel like, again, that's the thing. This was like, what, 2000, 2003, maybe, 2002, that whole time period. And when this wasn't really as talked about. Now in this day and age in 2023, if somebody is dealing with that, you would know instantly go to see somebody. They'll get you figured out talking about it or dealing with it somehow medication, you know, whether it be light or if you believe in that. There's just so many different ways now that you can go about doing this stuff that would have maybe made it way easier. But that was my way of dealing with that. And um, the triggers that can make you feel these things, because I'll get into it, but I also I also deal with anxiety and depression, which I feel like everyone does. I feel like when somebody says that, you're like, yeah, you and everyone else. Because it's it's true. People deal with it in different ways and different levels. Uh, you know, some people have it way worse, but it sucks. But you can definitely, definitely get triggered. And I know I hate that word because, I don't know. Mental health is such a weird thing. There's so many people that don't even believe it exists. And that's kind of crazy. Um, and then you, you know, say the word trigger and everybody's like, you're woke. And it just causes a big divide and goes into politics. It's just the world is so weird now. <laughs> it's a very weird place. But basically, there are things that can like trigger it or if you don't like that word, make make it flare up, you know. And I wasn't really aware of this until it was probably right. Yeah. When I got off cruise ships, so I was already dealing with trying to adjust back to land life and not having any friends, getting a job here, trying to get my money together and get my own place again and a place of my own and my own stuff. And it was just, you know, it was a lot of stress. And I picked up a book by one of my favorite authors and y'all are going to make fun of me. It's John Green. He is like a young adult writer. I don't like anything too serious. He's very easy to read and he's very much like, I don't know. I just, I love the way he writes. It makes me happy. It's just simple and it's, it makes me feel good. And I'm not going to explain it anymore. I love John Green. Okay. Uh, but his most recent book he came out with, well, I guess second most now, uh, was called Turtles All the Way Down. And it was about a girl that had some mental health struggles and her story. And I was like, ah, it's John Green. It'll be great. Oh my God. That book awoken, like it awoke like all these like awful feelings and all my like hypochondria that had been dormant for so long. It brought it back to life. I didn't even think that was possible. It was like this girl in there that she would like have a cut on her finger and she kept like reopening it and thinking germs were going to get it and she was going to die. So she'd pour like, you know, antibacterial soap in it and had all these OCD habits and like, I don't, I can't even remember now. I tried to put it out of my head and I don't want to remember because I don't want it to flare up again, but it messed me up for a good year or two after that. I had a lot of issues and this was right before I met John, my boyfriend. Um, I remember even my mom and I were going to New Orleans on a trip and I should be so excited about this trip. And I wasn't, I was terrified. I, all I could think about was getting sick and being sick and I was going crazy and I, this sounds so dumb, but I 100% convinced myself that I had a brain tumor. I just thought that that was what was wrong with me. And I don't know why. I was getting these headaches really bad. I was having weird thoughts. I was just like all over the place. I couldn't concentrate. And I was like, it's a brain tumor. I know it is. And I was so convinced that if I went to a hospital or a doctor and got a scan, that they would find something. I just knew it. I just knew it. Oh, man. Life is crazy. And the thing is you can convince yourself of. And then 
You have everybody telling you, you need to calm down. If you sit there and keep thinking you have one, you're going to manifest it and you will get one. And I'm like, well, shit, I, now I'm definitely going to get one if I don't have one already. Like, oh, it was just, it was miserable. It was so miserable. And I still dealt with that like the first, like probably six months to a year, maybe six months of, of having my boyfriend and I was trying to hide it from him and stuff. Cause I didn't want him to think I was crazy, you know, and he wouldn't understand. And it was just, it was difficult. So I think the hypochondria was like went dormant again, probably like mid 2019, maybe 2020, which is great because then COVID happened. And uh, honestly, if I was dealing with that when COVID was happening, I don't know if I would have made it. So lucky for me, that kind of went dormant again. And, and that's the scary thing is I know now that like, I feel fine. Uh, the hypochondria has gotten way better. But I, in my heart, like, know that it's not gone. I know it's still there lying dormant. And I know something could, like, awaken it at any time, you know, like, bring it back. And, and I just, I don't want that. I don't need that. There's <laughs> there's so many triggers like that. So I, I will never read that book again, Turtles All the Way Down. It probably wasn't even that bad. But something about it triggered me. And um, I know they're coming out with a movie of that book too soon. And that is a struggle for me because I really want to see it. I love the John Green books and I love it when he turns them into movies. They're great. Like the fault in our stars and uh, my favorite um, paper towns. But basically, I I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if I should see it. There's another weird one I watched recently and I only watched half because it was messing with me so much. And it is called uh, Bo is Afraid. Handle with care. It's a three hour movie. I was an hour and a half in. I was like, I got to stop. This is really messed up. And I actually kind of think it's a metaphor for mental health struggles and and mental issues it didn't really make a lot of sense it was just kind of crazy so that's why I was like yeah maybe I should uh should stop this for a bit so yeah it's fun time so like I said another thing I deal with is anxiety I always like worry about what's to come what's gonna happen I think everybody kind of has a little bit of that in them but mine's definitely gotten worse over time and depression uh depression for me really started in high school and the best way I can describe it is just like having a great life. Everything is awesome. You have a great support system. You have a happy life. Like everything in your life is good. You're not dealing with any real problems. You have hobbies. You have things that you're passionate about. You have a great, like I said, support system, friends and family around you. And it doesn't matter. You still have this like pit of dread, like deep in your stomach. It's the best way I can describe it. Like almost like a black hole there. That's like sucking the happiness out. It's like draining it out of you and there's nothing you can do. And you literally sit there and think to yourself, like, why am I feeling this way? You know, I, everything is great. There's nothing bad. There's nothing I'm dreading coming up. I don't have any stresses right now. Like you really try to go through everything it could be. And it's nothing. It's nothing. And you just feel this pit of just like despair. It's so dark. It's really miserable. Um, I, w- I did go on antidepressants for a little bit through that time period. I think um, right after high school, I tried a couple different ones and it's hard. You know, it, it made me feel better for a little bit, but it's hard because you also can't drink with them. And at that age, I was like, you know, it was high school. And then I also went on again, like 22 or something, 23, maybe. I don't know. It's difficult. I haven't been on them for a very long time. I weaned off of them and I'm trying to control it myself. But there's definitely things that bring it back. Like I said, certain things you watch or read. Alcohol is a big one. That's a struggle for me because I don't think I have a drinking problem by any means. But I love to go out to patios. I love to have cocktails on the weekend, sometimes Thursday nights because it's like, woo, Thursday night, turn up early Friday. You know, it's just fun, especially during like the hot season, go out and have a margarita. And like my problem with drinking, if there was any, is I don't know when to stop because I'll have one or two. It's super fun. And then you want to keep it going. And then everybody keeps buying drinks and you just don't know how to stop. That's always my problem. 
you think I'd learn after <laughs> so long in so many bad situations. But um, everyone knows alcohol is a depressant. It does not help the moods. And so for somebody that's dealing with the depression, is not smart to drink probably as much as I do. But I do it. And I know it's a bad thing. So it kind of sucks. But basically... Um, you know, I'm, I'm with a guy right now, John, who does not have any mental health order disorders at all. He has some problems, let me tell you. Communication is number one. And that boy does not know how to communicate, nor does he want to. He's just like, oh, we'll let it all blow over. Hold everything in and it'll pass. And I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Um, but we won't get into his issues right now. And basically, he has no mental health issues. He's never been around people with mental health um, disorders at all. So he doesn't really know how to handle it at all. He doesn't know how to handle emotions yet he got with a cancer, that's me, um, who has like the most emotions of anybody in the world. <laughs> also, funny little flashback. I told you guys I was a hypochondriac when I was little, and I remember being in elementary school and I was looking at horoscopes and zodiac signs and what they were, and I'm like, ooh, what's mine? And I saw the names of all of them, and I was like, please don't let me be cancer. Please don't let me be cancer. And I was. I'm like, of course. And, oh, my God, I just have such problems. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's definitely been a struggle. Like, my mom... I don't think really deals with a lot of um, mental health disorders. She did when her mom passed away. Um, she got very depressed. And I was so young, I didn't really notice it at the time or really realize what it was. But basically, she slept all the time, slept all day. And she ended up going on antidepressants. And she says it saved her life. You know, she went on them until she got back up again and and on top again and really started dealing with the issues. And then and eventually weaned off them. And she'll say to this day, it saved her life. So my mom understands my boyfriend does not. So it, it does make it difficult. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I told him, I was like, I'm going to tell you this, even though I know you don't really understand. I'm not feeling great mentally. I was like, I'm, I'm struggling a lot and I can't even tell you why. I just feel really weird and really sad and like alone and just really down. And, and I don't know why. And he kind of got, I don't know, he kind of got upset with me and I don't know why. Uh, I think it's just because he doesn't know how to handle it. So he just kind of gets upset and pushes me away a little, which really sucks. Because um, when you're going through one of your depress depression episodes, you feel really alone. And you kind of start like excluding yourself or like you start pushing everyone away is, is how I can explain it best. You start pushing everyone away, all the people closest to you. And at first you think it's everyone else. So at first I was like, oh, it's my boyfriend. He's being an asshole. He's acting this way. He's starting fights. He doesn't want to deal with any of my issues. He just wants everything to be happy all the time. Screw him. Cut him out. So then it goes to my mom. I start starting fights with her. And I'm like, oh, my mom's a bitch. Like, whatever. She doesn't understand. Cut her out. And then this even happened this past couple weeks when this is all happening with my two closest friends and our little squad chat, Jenny and Cassie. I uh, I first started thinking Cassie was mad at me, and I've told her this now, um, because she was, like, being shorter. And she was just busy, probably, whatever. But I, I didn't even ask. I didn't say, like, is everything cool with us? Like, is whatever. I just assumed that something was going on. So instead of bringing it up or saying something like I should have, I just started being short with them, like, completely, to the point of just, like, not even responding in our group chats when we talk constantly nothing. I cut them out. And then I started having not issues at work, but, you know, having more fights with the guys at work on air. And like, just, it started getting like a little touchy. And then I'm like, Oh, screw them, this and that. And you know, this person did this, this person did this, cut that out. And then you realize you're alone and you're like, okay, so my coworkers are the issue. My friends are the issue. My mom's the issue. My boyfriend's the issue. It's definitely not me. And no, at that point, when you have cut everyone out because of something that they did, that's when you have to look in the mirror and be like, 
okay, <laughs> maybe it's me. And I did. And I, I'm really proud of myself that I've gotten to that point that I can do that now, that I can like, like step back and look around and, and recognize that like, okay, this is a me issue. There's something going on. Now let's, we've, we've established that it's me. <laughs> now where do we go from here? So um, anyway, it's always a learning process. It's always, you know, evolution, trying to grow, trying to be better. Uh, my friend Cassie ended up reaching out privately and be like, hey, you've been really short in the group chat. Are you okay? And I was like, well, now that you mention it, not really. And we talked about it and, you know, how I felt and how I knew it was me. And she's like, yeah, it's definitely just you. And, you know, it was fine. It's better. I apologize to my mom for being such a little bitch. Uh, you know, even though it's her fault because she raised me. I always say that. <laughs> it's a good excuse to be able to lay back on. Um, and then my boyfriend and I, we still have work to do there. Again, we still haven't been to a, a therapist, which we really need to or a counselor. Just we're, we're just completely different people in that aspect. It's it's very difficult. We really need to see somebody about this and we can maybe work on it a little better because I'd like somebody to talk to. I'd like to have a significant other that was there for me when I had these struggles and went through these moments instead of just starting a fight so he can push me away and not have to deal with it it sucks um I love him and that's just his way of doing things and I also don't want to like smother him with all the emotions in the world because he's not that kind of person either so I need we really need to find a happy medium to like be able to to deal with this stuff together so anyway that's what I've been dealing with the past few weeks I've had a lot of really great things happening it's almost scary too I I always found myself a pessimist because I would think like if too many good things are happening something bad's going to happen. And I still have that in me a little bit. Like when a lot of great things start coming my way, I kind of like flinch a little. Like I'm like, oh, what's what's happening? I'm waiting for the bad. I'm waiting for it to all drop. I'm waiting for the other foot or the other shoe to drop or whatever. That's how I start feeling. So it's been great the last few weeks. Things have been so good. The podcast numbers have been awesome. People are really seeming to enjoy it. Things are going well with it. I've gotten another month of sponsors. So thank you, by the way, for everybody that listens to my ads um, because, you know, I apologize, but I'm also making money, which is exciting. <laughs> but uh, so that's happening. You know, the OnlyFans stuff is really taking off. OnlyFans.com forward slash Sarah B. Morgan. Once again, no nudity on there. Just some little sexy stuff. And it helps me with bills and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's been taking off a lot. You know, vacation is coming up. Happy moments. Uh, just a lot of good, good stuff is happening. And that's why I, I just I don't know why I've been feeling so down. I really don't. It's almost like maybe like it's too much, <laughs> too much good. You need to come down a little. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. But I've just, I've just been feeling so, so down, not feeling like coming to record a couple of times here. Just I slept a lot. That's another thing I notice is when I get my depression moods, all I want to do is sleep. So I'll get home from work. I'll get my birds out because I have to. Even they annoy me when my birds are annoying me. Like <laughs> it's a bad thing. And then I go to sleep for two or three hours. So it's rough. But luckily, there are some things that help. Again, Staying away from alcohol is a big one. Um, Exercise. A lot of people, like my boyfriend specifically, says that he doesn't believe endorphins work for him. He can work out. He can run like, you know, a 5K, like do whatever. And he doesn't get any kind of adrenaline rush or burst or happiness and nothing. I think he's broken. (laughs) We need to send him back, get him replaced. (laughs) But I, I live off of endorphins. Oh, my God. I can do like a 10 minute workout. And the surge of endorphins, I feel, is real. A lot of. Everything affects me very hardcore. It always has. It's weird. But basically, like, not drinking, working out, and a healthier diet really do help. And, you know, it's easy to be like, well, if that helps, then just keep doing that. You never have to worry about it again. Cool. But you know how it goes. God, I mean, laying on the couch watching TV sounds way better than working out. Uh, Alcohol is fun. 
um, eating bad is awesome. <laughs> like It's just so hard to stay on track and do those things. But they do help. So anyway... I hope uh, I hope this has been a somewhat enjoyable episode. I, I really wanted to do this because, again, like I said, I know a lot of people deal with, with mental health issues, a lot of people. A lot of people deal with stuff that they don't even really understand as mental health or, or mental disorders, you know what I mean? Like it's So I feel like talking about it is helpful. Talking about it even to nobody like I am right now, basically, in person anyway, um, is like a therapy session for me. It really is. Getting this all out, putting it all out there makes me feel so much better. And I've really never had a problem putting my personal information out there, especially if it can help somebody. So um, yeah, that's basically what I wanted to do. And there's, again, a lot of people that don't believe in it, don't know how to deal with it. And no, you're not alone. My boyfriend is the same way. There's a lot of people out there like that that just don't understand it, have never dealt with it, so they don't really believe it exists. But let me tell you, friends, it does. But I just wanted to give a shout out to anybody out there having a hard time going through any struggles at all. Um, I feel you. And, you know, hearing stuff like this to me personally, it makes me feel better because it makes me know that I'm not alone in my struggles. And everybody, everybody has their struggles. They may not be the same, but we all are together in the fact that we we all have these struggles. Like we are on the struggle bus together. (laughs) So, um, again, if, if anybody ever is dealing with anything, needs somebody to talk to, reach out to me. Even if you just want to vent and need somebody to listen, uh, I would love to be that that ear for you because um, I've had people that have done that for me and it's really saved me. So there you go. So if you are one of these people, you can uh, always send an email to sarahbshow at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, sarahbshow.com, S-A-R-A-H-B-S-H-O-W.com. Uh, there you can go to the contact place and you know send me a message hit me up let me know if you need to talk let me know if you can relate let me know if you have a question whatever the case may be you can hit me up on there you can also listen to all of the episodes directly from that website which is pretty nifty um or if you're a spotify girl or boy or whatever like me you can do that there we also are on apple iheart and google Podcasts. we're on all the places now y'all it's exciting it's super fun um, a couple of other little comments I got from this last episode, and these are just a couple I screenshotted. I finally unblocked Brandon Fields, who uh, thanked me for the shout out. <laughs> and then it turns out he said uh, he thinks I blocked him because of something he said about one of my exes, which would have been from like 2012 to like 2015. So I'm like, well, you know what? Not only am I blocking you, but I will also give you a pat on the back because that guy ended up being a douchebag. So maybe, Brandon, I should have listened to you. <laughs> Let's see. I got a message from Jason saying, just wanted to tell you, you're doing great. Though the intro music to me is like nails on a chalkboard, LOL. (laughs) And it's so funny you say that, uh, Jason, because I, again, just got that off like some royalty-free rub site and I wanted something nobody else used. And I saw like Arab trap music. I'm like, that's cool. That's totally like in my wheelhouse because I literally listen to that stuff. But just know I kind of share the same sentiment as you. I was reading that to El Teco the other day and I was like, this guy is not wrong. Like it's it's making me feel nails on the chalkboard. Uh, So I need something new. Any suggestions you guys can let me know. I need to like get, I need to invest in something. Like I downloaded Rock Band, but it's, or what is the one on... I downloaded something. I think it's GarageBand. <laughs> Rock Band. That's the video game, of course. Uh, and tried to make my own, but it's it's really difficult. But yeah, again, if you guys have any suggestions on anybody that makes good podcast intro music or something, um, any ideas, I'm open to them. So thank you for that. Another quick one here before we go from Misty. I am dying at the Jellyfish and Taco Bell shout out. <laughs> Only time I've ever asked a taxi driver to pee on me. Loving the podcast. Thank you so much. 
yeah, those stories are so, so fun. Um, I appreciate that. I've gotten a lot of requests actually to do like, again, full episodes of, uh, of more travel stories like that. Uh, so I'm definitely going to do that. I didn't want to bombard you guys all at once. So, uh, thank you guys for all the messages and, uh, you guys are just great. I love it so much. So again, thanks for listening. Once again, if you guys ever want to reach out to me, please do. I'm always here to, uh, be a shoulder for you to lean on or cry on or whatever the case may be. I'm here for you guys. I understand. And I love you all. I hope you all are having a wonderful um, 4th of July. Actually, this will be released on 4th of July. So happy Independence Day. Happy birthday, America. And there you go. Red, white, and blue. Star Spangled Banner. uh, Beer, PBR, grilling, whatever. Don't drink and drive. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I love you all. And I will see you next time on the next episode of The Sarah B Show. Mwah.